Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Rest of Your Perception podcast. I hope you like my new intro music. I enjoy it very much. Today, we have a very special guest. My guest today is a graduate from Florida Atlantic University, received her bachelor's degree in exercise science and health promotion. She graduated magna cum laude. She also received the President's Honor Certificate at Palm Beach State College and the Award for Academic Personal Excellence for the National Scholars Honor Society. Some of her professional qualifications are National Strength and Conditioning Association Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, Strength and Conditioning Specialist, American College of Sports Medicine Personal Trainer, National Academy of Sports Medicine Corrective Exercise Specialist, National Strength and Conditioning Association Tactical Strength and Conditioning Facilitator, Aerobics and Fitness Association of America Kickboxing Instructor, NESTA Fitness Nutrition Coach, Fitor Pilates Instructor, Spartan Coaching, Spartan Group Training Instructor, and Instructor and Spartan Obstacle Specialist, Academy of Holistic Fitness Hatha Yoga Instructor. Are you kidding me? She's also a Spartan Master Coach. She's also one of the coaches from Spartan that trains the coaches. And also, you fly out also to, to teach obstacle specialists, correct, Casey? Giddy up. All right. She is also the driving force co-founder. I have to say co-founder because you are the co-founder, even though you are Atomic Training and Performance, the owner and head coach of Atomic Training and Performance, Coach Casey Rotundi, formerly Casey Aishin. So that is my guest today, guys. Casey, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Yes. So. Thank you for that introduction. You deserve it. You deserve it. So, Casey, I wanted to get you on here because I feel everybody wants to know more about you and know more about your story. And I feel like having this podcast is going to do it justice. You know? You know what I mean? So, moving moving on, uh, we just finished the... Well, you weren't able to go because you had an ear infection. And Marco and a respiratory infection. And a respiratory infection. And our son was sick. And our son was sick. So we just got back. Well, I just got back. And the team, we just got back from uh, Kissimmee. Spartan race sprint in Kissimmee. The first ever city city sprint, they call it. The city city yeah. race. City sprint. It's like a mix between. I'm sure maybe they'll do supers in the future. Who knows? I mean, this was like a test drive and you guys got to do it. Super bummed I missed out. You guys know I would have loved to be there. Y'all kicked ass as always. And I heard we were live as a team and I just love that. Yeah. And a lot of. I feel so good. A lot of things that people. uh, One of the things that people don't know is that we almost got biggest team. We probably would have got biggest team in Kissimmee. But we had about... Yeah, some people just forget to join the team. So, guys, make sure for Boca, you do not forget to join the team. I mean, Boca's not till April, but you know, as I do, I'm going to ask you every day until that race happens. Have you signed up? Did you join the team yet? Oh, yeah, because you're a goldfish. What? Well, no, goldfish don't remember is what Ben <laughs> said. And, yes, he called me a goldfish um, because I don't remember a lot of things. Like, you could be there yesterday, and I would be like, hey, I feel like I haven't saw you in a while. I've seen you in a while. So I will also say Casey was responsible for uh, atomic training and performance getting the biggest team three years in a row for Spartan Race. Four years. Four years. So we got awards for three years in a row, but this was actually our fourth year. Our three-peat was last year, I specifically remember. Um, 
this year they did not give out a physical award, which was a super bummer because we have like a display in our gym and um, we got to make our own or something because that's not right. Yeah. No, I agree. Case- took away our, our, I mean, they give us, now they make everybody pay with their parking too while you sign up. So like they used to give us free parking and back check or whatever. And so I'm not sure. We just get a tent. They're gonna, the tent is nice. They're going to, yeah, it is. But you know, I Essential, think, I actually. think it's just a, um, it is. It really is because when you're out there sitting in the heat, it's oh, bad. Oh, man, yeah. And then they give us water, so that's nice. But, yeah, the shade is the best for these races. That's why we need Biggest Team, just for that tent. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you about also some of the nonprofits that you've, that you've created. I mean, one in particular being a Fubi Fitness nonprofit that you founded how many years? 2014. Yeah, 2014. Um, yeah, what about it? <laughs> so just can you explain what exactly it is and yes. what you went through to make this organization come to fruition? Okay. I uh, sounded smart. Well, uh, Fooby Fitness uh, literally means, well, like fake booby fitness because, um, you know, breast cancer runs in my family. Every woman in our family seems to have this gene mutation, which means we're more prone to breast and cervical cancers. And it's affected 100% of the women in my family. So when I had a scare... I said, you know what? Not going to do this anymore. Let me just go ahead and get these suckers removed. And um, at the time, it was 2012. So I didn't know anybody that had had this done. And I was so scared to do it. Didn't know how it would affect me as an athlete in general. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't know anybody. And then, like, shortly after Angelina, Angelina Jolie came out, and that, like, kind of helped bring light to, like, our population, if you will. But, uh so to deal with my fear about it, I guess I just decided to document it and put it on YouTube. And then through that, I just got so many people reaching out to me because the problem is a lot of times with these breast cancer-related surgeries, whether it's in my case prophylactic, meaning I didn't have breast cancer, I just chose to remove them because of a certainty that I would get something wrong with it. So um, I did what I had to do. It's my decision. I don't care if you judge it. But uh, there was – they basically – they do this to you. They do these surgeries to you whether you have cancer or not, and they do not send you with homework, if you will. Like, you're not necessarily prescribed physical therapy just as a patient, even with cancer. I know this because of many family women or women in my family who've had breast cancer. They weren't helped afterwards. You are left with um, either no breasts or these implants, and how you're left with trying to figure out how to do things, like reach for the top shelf or undo your bra. And so I just came up with these stretches to help women – from the get-go, from day one, and then, um, and then it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, and also another thing with the whole—I know Angelina Jolie got it done, and yeah, you got it done before, prior to her getting hers done, yeah. or before and she came out about. Honestly, that was a sore spot for me because when she came out, so many—and that's why I said, "Judge me if you want," because you don't know what it's like to have this decision to make for yourself. It's not an easy one. It's not like, "Hey, I want new boobs. My boobs look like Franken boobs." Mm-hmm. Only Luigi sees them. <laughs> but um, I love it's a sacrifice. I know. I love you. Okay. Um, it's a sacrifice that I made for my body. And when, to see all these people, like, hatefully judge her for doing that to herself, maybe it's because she put her boobs on display prior, you know. And um, But that's a personal decision. And to tell women, like, or, like, judge that, you know. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it kind of, like, opened up this thing that nobody knew existed and but then from that I also saw a lot of harsh criticism. So it was kind of hard to swallow because I had done it and I had complications at the time. So I was actually I had one breast for nine months because 
Um, I was also in knee rehab at the time. I kind of like doubled down on my surgeries. I was out from being a coach. So why don't you explain what happened with that? We're going to go back to Fubi Fitness. Yeah. We're going to start back again over there, but let's go back to your knee now. What what okay. exactly happened? So uh, I was training for the first ever Ultra Beast, which is when back when 2014, you had to get accepted. Like you actually had to apply. And it was, I think, no, no, I'm sorry, 2012. Jeez. 2014 is when you and I did it. Yes. 2012, it was the first ever Ultra Beast. I was training so hard. And then, like an idiot, I had one last party night two weeks out. And I decided to do double dutch for the first time in, I don't know, 15 years. And I just tore my knee completely. ACL, MCL, LCL, meniscus. And I missed that race. But because I had to have knee surgery, I also, in that interim, um, I had found out that I had something wrong with my breast and they, it was an abnormality. The year prior, my mom had just had her breast removed and they had just told me that I had this BRCA gene. So it was like, it was already in discussion whether I would go on with this surgery, but I was like kind of like in denial. BRCA gene. The BRCA2 gene. Tell, yes. tell people what that is, please. Um, you know, I don't actually know what BRCA stands for. Like, it's like, it's just a, a gene in your body that if you have, a sometimes um, it doesn't multiply right. So I have a mutation that makes me more prone to those um, you know, cancers, those female cancers. So um, I was, I found out that I had that gene as with everyone in my family a year prior, but I sat on this information, didn't do anything with it because there was nothing that I knew of. I thought it was like kind of ridiculous to like be like, what do you mean? I'm just going to like get rid of my boobs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I found out um, after my, my knee surgery, I found out that I did have something in there. And then instead of just playing this game of like, do I, don't I, because I had to have a, a MRI-guided biopsy, which is super painful. And um, it turned out I was, it was just, you know, like a fibroid or something. But you I said didn't want to play that game anymore. an MRI-guided biopsy? Yeah, okay. you, yeah, you're in that machine that's closed off. You're face down. They smash your boob. They stick it with the needle. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember thinking, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to keep doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. Just like kind of waiting for a diagnosis. So because I was out from work as a coach doing my knee surgery. I was like, let me just have my breast surgery. So I literally walked into the um, hospital on crutches and kind of, which is not the best idea, but like I said, my timing was everything. And I had to learn to walk uh, in the hospital after my breast surgery, because obviously I couldn't use crutches. Yeah. I went, um, and what I had was removal right to implant. Yes. The complication came when, you know, that little place where they biopsied, uh, it left the tissue impaired. So the skin, the actual skin. So they removed everything. They put me right into an implant. But the skin, uh, you know, with it, as with any surgery, they're swelling. And so that little mark got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then in knee surgery, they made me run. Now, I had five doctors who knew everything I was doing with my health at the time. Mm -hmm. Nobody said, we can't hit this benchmark in your PT program because it might affect you here. So... Uh, I ran for the first time and my boob literally just started coming through my skin. Hmm. Wow. So what would you do after that when your boob started coming through your skin? Well, I went, I went straight to the hospital and then at that time I, and I had my plastic surgeon's um, information. So I, I messaged him and he's like, you know, just meet me at my office instead. And so I went to his office and my dad brought me, he obviously he didn't go in with me, but like I showed him and the guy's like, it's, you know, it's, it wasn't infected, but the skin wasn't 
going to work anymore. Well, and he's, a, and he's also a very experienced surgeon. Yeah, he, he was a combat surgeon. Well, and that's the thing is this is a tag team duo. The one, the one who does the removal is the um, breast oncologist uh, surgeon, you know, and the, and then her husband does the reconstruction. So he had been on the front lines of war. Like he's very decorated surgeon, surgeon in, I think army, I want to say, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, but um, he looked at me and he goes, I mean, this is a big guy. He looks at me and he goes, uh, we could do this tomorrow in the OR under anesthesia, or I could pop it right out right now. You won't feel a thing. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, what do you mean? I'm not going to feel it. He's like, he's like, this is dead tissue. Um, I don't, you don't have any feeling. I still don't have like a hundred percent feeling. I never will Yeah. after s such, you know, radical surgeries, but he cut the skin away, took out the implant, popped it in his trash can. And I looked down, there was a fist size hole in my chest. Mm hmm. And uh, That's crazy. it was a fucking unique situation to be in. And I, I had to I had to have that thing packed twice a day for a, for like a month. I, and this was right before Christmas. My birthday's Christmas. I was turning 29 last year of my mm -hmm. 20s. And I was just with one limp and one breast going yeah. into the new year. And then the J Angelina Jolie thing came out. And I'm having to hear this negative stuff about her decision that I'm like, man, I did this to myself. And look what, I, look what happened to me. Yeah. And but... As hard as that situation was, I knew that it was all for a reason, and I was sharing that information. I was very honest with people on my YouTube. It's, you know, I still get messages about that, and I'm very grateful it could help people. What's your YouTube? Uh, Coach Casey. Coach Casey on YouTube. That's uh, it. Yeah. 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 That your YouTube is awesome, and that's how I found out about. We'll find out more about you when I first wanted to start training for a Spartan race, and when I did, when I saw you at the uh, at the first uh, Spartan workout tour, they would do a free workout tour. And that's where I actually met Casey. Yeah. And she gave me some flyers or whatever to start training for my first Spartan race. That was a year later because, yeah. you know, my, my birthday is December and then mm -hmm. it's 2013. Um, exactly one year later, like December 2013, I believe, is when we met. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I I stalked you on your YouTube yep. to, 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 <laughs> to find out more about you. What's up with this girl? Is she the real deal? And yes, absolutely. She was, and I was really impressed with the videos that she put out as far as her being informative and honest. And still, to this day, there isn't anyone that does what you do as far as helping uh, women recover from breast cancer-related surgeries. I mean, not that I know of. And honestly, that's sad, isn't it? It is, I because mean, you sure would think. I'm sure there's other people out there that are advocates and stuff, but... What needs to happen is there needs to be a program in place. I can't even believe this is like, what, five years later. Yep. And they still don't have anything in place. And I still get women saying, like, they brought my stuff to their doctor. Their doctor doesn't know how to prescribe exercise post-op. Their doctor knows how to cut. You know what I mean? Well, they shouldn't. It's just everyone specializes gonna... in what they specialize in. And at the time when I had my situation, that's when I chose to get even more certs because I was at home, like, feeling sorry for myself. And I was like, let me just get educated and learn more. Um, cause I didn't know if I would even want to be a coach anymore. Cause it was so hard, like going back to work and, you know, dealing with the situation physically and emotionally. Um, but also not, like just really not being able to do much. Like I, I was embarrassed at the way I looked. Yeah. I physically could not do much. And, uh, it was like a kid in a candy store. Like I was being teased with all these things. So I wanted to leave fitness at that point, but instead I just decided to learn more. Yeah. And one of them was tra training women post-op. Yeah. You know? No, it was, it was awesome. I mean, you have, you still have women to this day contacting you. 
Well, and that's where Fubi Fitness really took off because like the first person to like seriously contact me and they're like, I noticed you're a Spartan coach because I also got Spartan certified in that time. Yes. And that was like monumental for me, like mentally learning the Spartan like brain. Like it just helped me so much, like the unstoppable, unbreakable, like all that. I went to their workshop and uh, to get certified. And it was just, it was the first time I'd ever been in a sports bra with my one boob. And I was just like, it was empowering and transformative. And obviously look where it brought me today. Yep. So um, I love sharing that like mentality. And so somebody reached out to me through my YouTube, Delilah. And she's like, I saw that you, that you had these issues and that you overcame them and that you also are a Spartan coach. Well, I have uh, this, she ha actually had breast cancer, but she was you know, clear again, and she wanted to train for a Spartan. So that's kind of where it took off of like really actually overcoming obstacles, getting women post breast cancer, like actual cancer and having them like become these athletes. And it's just, it was amazing. We've had, we, you know, we only had three and I'm, I would love to have another one and train them for a Spartan race anytime. Yeah. If you know anybody, but it was just free training and it was nice. And um, it's unfortunately with the, with the actual organization, Fubi Fitness, I do not have time to keep that brand going, but the in my heart that cause will always be on fire and Pinktober's coming, so we got some stuff planned. Yeah, absolutely. And now going back to the Spartan certification, it was Dr. J that certified you, and it was yeah. Joe Di. Yeah, Joe Di is like my mentor. I mean, they both are, but Joe Di has opened up so many opportunities for me within Spartan organization because. You know, like I stuck out to them because one, because my background already, yeah. like on paper, it sounds good. And two, when we were actually in the class, I said, so who's going to do this when you guys can't? Like, who's going to go around and coach the coaches? Yeah. Because they're busy. They got to, if once this pro, I was number 25. So mm -hmm. I knew this program was going to grow. It was only the beginning. And I mean, us people in the beginning, we're the ones that got the word Spartan SGX out there. Because everybody's like, what the hell does that mean? You know, and. Well, Joe Joe Di doesn't work for Spartan anymore, but he's still a successful health and wellness coach. Like the guy's awesome. Shout out to Joe Di. And he has a new Man. podcast. It's called Stacked. You guys should listen to it. It's available anywhere you get podcasts. Very smart guy. And um, he did a case study on you. He used you as an example for a Spartan coach. To oh, for other coaches when he was oh, training people yeah, for I guess SGX. So. Like he, I mean, they did. They came back and they wanted to do videos with me and like some of my athletes. Because they at showed the time I used to train some of the top athletes. I don't need to go into names, but um, uh, because they would be in the area getting ready for whatever Florida Spartan race, they would have me show them a workout and then talk about the program because um, it was the coaches who actually elevated it and got it in people's faces. Yeah, but I, I remember he was saying that they used your name as a, they used you and your fa all your Facebook stuff and everything that you all your advertising. I was huge because to, it transformed me so much. I was big into it and how to how to advertise that you're a Spartan SGX coach. They use you as an example. Yeah, I, I guess they did because in the I really class in the SGX, the I'm is, pretty they, sure. They weren't, they're like, I mean, Joe was coach, but um, you know, they were more like on the, the, the physiological, like exercise science, like Dr. J is, you know, I, I believe he teaches um, exercise physiology at the university. I know he does teach yeah. at a university level, but like I'm saying they had main jobs and I knew that they weren't hands-on really coaching people. So I was able to kind of apply what they envisioned, if you will, and then um, share it. Yeah. Sweet. Pretty. Sweet. Yeah. Pretty awesome. So now going on to, I mean, I'm going to go down down a, a little bit of a list because you also volunteered for Miami Dolphins special teams. And what exactly was that? 
Um, well, it's still around. I just, you know. No, obviously you got a business. We yeah. got a business going on. And, 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 you know, like there are certain organizations you can't trust. And I, I mean, Miami Dolphins special teams, that's one you just go and volunteer for. And that's what I liked about it is because like I would go to Ronald McDonald house and just cook for the, the kids that are sick. I mean, these kids, families come from like different, different countries so, so that they can get put up in a Ronald McDonald house down by Broward, um, hospital yeah and everything's taken care of so once a week we would go in there and we would cook for them yeah and uh that was pretty much it and then also um you know the special teams we did like um special olympics mm -hmm. and i think did you come with me no no i never no, did. this was a while ago but uh that was special olympics is always fun and a good time yeah and also women in distress auxiliary you were the vice president i was the vice president uh i was just involved with that for like maybe two years but we just pretty much um we would put on like a gala to help raise money for the actual um, the women that are going through hard times. You're, you're, it's interesting because you always, ever since I met you, I mean, even before I met you, you were always involved in charitable organization and constantly always giving back. You've always done that. And a perfect example, and I know we did this on the first podcast I did with you, but we, that one ended up didn't going through because of sound quality. So we're redoing it again. Yeah, this is this, our second go at it. Yeah, this is so. our second go. So with we just well, we didn't get hit with a hurricane, but Bahamas got hit with a hurricane, Hurricane Dorian, and they got destroyed by a category five hurricane. And you know, we're still accepting donations at Atomic Training and Performance in Fort Lauderdale and we're dropping them off at the appropriate places that are gonna send them send the supplies over to these people. And um I saw I was at work one day and I checked Instagram and I saw that you're in the store shopping and getting stuff for Bahamas and you're like, oh, dollar store, 50 bucks, whatever. And you, you said it out to everybody. And I was like, this girl didn't even freaking tell me what the hell she's doing. And not that it's a big deal, but, and I know I said this before, it's just like you put it, it's an autopilot for you to do things like that. It's just like not even a thought. It's just, you go and it happens. I feel like a lot of people are like that though. You know, it's just I don't like, think so. Yeah, I think I'm not so. trying like to toot your horn. Help and maybe they don't know how or something. Yeah, but you do it on a, on a bigger scale, I think, and you've done it on multiple levels. You know, with the, your volunteer work, with you also started an organization called Karma Athletes that you did a lot of big fundraisers for, and that was a big that organization. Was, that was huge for me. That was a long time, actually. That was like three or four years. I I, you know, I started this organization and it took off. It went, it went great. But then when I got into you were five hundred one c three, which is huge. That's hard to get. That's yeah. a lot of money. It takes um, lawyers and accountants and a lot of time. And you know, the thing is, what I was going to say is about organizations is a lot of times when you donate, you don't know how much of that money is actually going to the cause, yeah. meaning the people affected by that disease. True. So I don't like donating to. I'm sorry if you ask me at at Publix. Would you like to do donate a dollar to this or that? I ain't listening to you because you know what? I know where I donate my stuff to, and I know it goes directly. And um, so, like Karma Athletes specifically, like we would never, I would never like like raise money and then you know pay myself out for helping organize it. No, that was my gift. That was my volunteer work. So instead of me giving money, I was giving my time. Yeah. And um, so. Anyways, but yeah, that was it was a great organization. But then when I got hurt and I had to take all those surgeries, timeouts, um, it just kind of went a different direction. I didn't want to be a part of it anymore, and I signed it over. Yeah, I don't well, know if it's still a thing anymore. Well, you you know, not, but you did a lot of great things with it, and you started it, so that's pretty cool. Thank you. And then moving on to Hoobie Fitness that we already talked about, that we're gonna do some fundraisers in October. 
which is yeah. going to be cool. So, I mean, we're not do, raising it for Fubi Fitness anymore, though, like, because the thing is, um, and, you know, we do the Making Strides walk every year. I, I'm, I don't, I know Making Strides, I've always been for it because they put the money back in the community, but I want to give directly to my good friend Delilah, who was the first Fubi athlete that I mentioned to, because she, uh, she had her battle, it came back, it's metastatic, it's been for a couple years now, and in her words, she'll tell you she's on borrowed time, and it's just like, why don't we just make that person's time a little, a little easier, you know, give her a good time, like, I, it's hard to hear the struggles that somebody like that has to go through, you know, just even trying to get their kid back in their life, and um, but we're going to raise money for her, and you know exactly where it goes, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and ultimately, that's the goal is to help those people that need it, and Delilah is, it needs it, you know? Yeah. What the hell? You can, you can, you can trust that 100% of whatever you donate is going to go to this woman, and this woman is somebody who has a lot of medical bills and just, you know, just dealing with a lot. She's dealing with a lot. And yeah. And it's not like these fake organizations that they donate one cent to the dollar to breast cancer, yeah. uh, what is it, awareness, yeah. which is not even research, well, nothing. And you know, you know what she did? I actually just talked to her. And the thing is, you know what she told me? She And she's not for making strides anymore because unlike Susan G. Komen, sorry, guys, I know everyone, you feel great but like about being at these events, but you have to know where your money goes. And Susan G. Komen, it, it looks great because it's all pink and it's like, yay, pink, pink, pink. But you got to think about – are you are you just wearing pink just to wear pink or like are you paying this person's salary like where is this money going and so with making strides she was always for that one too because we know the money goes back in the community the problem was yeah she was involved with them in her she's in jersey um she was telling them you know you have survivor option and you have patient option she goes i'm metastatic like i'm terminal and there's nothing like thriver you know like yeah. people in in what in her specific situation um to recognize them and so they just kind of like kept shuffling the question and they, it, it, she felt dismissed. And so now she's going to find, uh, she's going to raise money for, I think it's called MetaThriver. Oh, okay, what cool. what she likes to raise money for. And it's for those women research to help, obviously, but for specifically really to help these women that, you know, they're test subjects. Yeah. What's the right formula? My, my freaking aunt just died last, this time last year. Yeah. Oh my God, it might even be, it's it's like in a couple days <sighs> um she died this time last year because she was terminal stage four they had the exact same thing and uh she, she, delilah's still here so they're figuring out something right with her treatment and obviously you know we also lost gina which is his his aunt but yeah. she was also somebody <clears throat> i worked with through fubi fitness and yeah i mean that was just you know I want to say it's a, it was a mistake. It shouldn't have happened the way it happened so quickly. It was wrong treatment. But, you know, that's – we got to move on now. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> personal. See, personal, sorry so, to anybody that's listening. That, no, it's okay. That might hurt. I'm sorry. Um, the, um, the article that you did with Think Magazine, Overcoming Obstacles, in January 2017, what was that about? And – Oh, well, that was the opening when we opened up the gym in 2016. They, uh, I don't know, I guess they got wind of like what the project was and just thought it was unique and wanted to put me in their magazine, which was pretty cool. Yeah. It's just like a local magazine. So we had a little spread on ATP and that was awesome. It was right when we opened. So it was like super exciting. And it was just about ATP? It wasn't about you? or I, I guess it was me in there too. You know, I forget because it's like, it's kind of so fluid now. Like I am ATP slash... 
Breast Cancer Avenger, which I know we're going to get into. Um, but um, m like, I think specifically my story of having gone through this and having been so down on my physical capabilities to now being like an obstacle gym owner slash racer. Like it's, it's interesting because a lot of, like I said, they don't expect women to necessarily be athletes post-op and they don't consider it. So it's like a lot to overcome because people get range of motion issues, as you know. Yeah. And just, it's just, there's a lot that can happen by trying to protect yourself from hurting yourself. So um, instead of moving it, you know, you get tight over the years and then you're restricted. So me, because I developed that program to move right away, I've had no issues whatsoever. I maybe perhaps I'm even stronger because it limited my training into a lot of lats. And I think that helped me in the long run with my climbing abilities. Yeah, with your muscular armpits. <laughs> if you guys ever see Casey in person, okay. if she raises her arm, you'll see her. <laughs> she's looking I'm doing at her arm. Right she's looking at her arm. She's not wrong. I'll say that. She I don't a, know what that is. She has a bulge coming out of both of her it's armpits. It's not a bulge. Like it doesn't look awful. But like, it's just like he, extra lat. He pointed out to me that most people's armpits go into like a hole. Yeah, and it's an armpit. It's not an arm bulge. I don't have that armpit hole. You have an arm hole. <laughs> an arm bulge. Let me see yours. Raise it up real quick. You can't see it. Can though it's so weird. Yeah, I have a pit. You have, it's an yeah. armpit. <gasps> You're right. That's it's why an arm it's called bulge. armpit. I don't have an armpit. No, you have an arm bulge. <laughs> like again, for the tenth time. Wow. And maybe it's an extra muscle anatomically. Yeah. Gifted in that way. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. So now, you were on American Ninja Warrior season seven. That was in 2015. Yeah, and you proposed to me the day before. That was awesome. I did. That was cool. That was a great weekend. Yeah, we did have a really good weekend. I was nervous. Uh, I was so nervous. Well, you jumped. He, no, okay. So if we could talk about this. He uh, proposed to me. I was supposed to go on American Ninja Warrior. And I honestly thought it was coming that weekend and that uh, he might propose to me like at the show or something because that had never been done before back in 2015. And, you know, I went on because everyone saw Casey Catanzaro the year before. And they're like, Casey, Casey, oh, my God, you you climb. You should do this. And I was like, all right. And I just applied. And because at the time there weren't many women doing it, and maybe because my name was Casey, and I guess, well, also my story, um, yeah. they chose me to be on it. And it was awesome. And then that weekend we were going to do that was the same weekend that he graduated from. Uh, he got hired Fire by Academy. No, you, I, got, I got hired by I, I got hired by a department in South Florida, and I went through, I finished my, my Fire Academy with my department and go ahead and you want me to tell it yeah go ahead oh well he he had to like you know go through this whole ceremony thing and then they do a demonstration where he r was the one to rappel out a four-story window and then he goes up and he grabs the mic and he proposed in front of everybody it was awesome his his classmates like picked him up and like threw him in the air with his fire gear and it was cool it was like a video that went like viral, yeah it went, it went viral yeah and i had to have that freaking engagement ring in my pocket i was so nervous <laughs> the whole time the whole time from the beginning of the ceremony to the end to all that. But that was it cool. was I was nervous for it was weeks. Awesome. It was such weeks. A <laughs> but then yeah, we got to go to we went then we got in a in a in my dad's car actually. My dad came with us. Um we went to uh Orlando, Orlando. to so that I could compete uh the next day yep. at Ninja Warrior. And so th then when the show got aired you were Casey's fiance. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, because him and my dad were on the sidelines for me uh, competing at Ninja Warrior. So yeah, and was some cool. other people. Shout out to you guys, but you know the ones that can actually like run alongside you. Yeah, a lot of people showed up for you. That was really cool. It was nice. So another thing, you were featured in Spartan Race Online Magazine quite a few times. 
First one being uh, an article titled The Casey Catanzaro Effect, Five Women Who Refuse to Lose. Go figure. So, yeah, right? So, what's up with that article? You know, I think it was, um, again, like the, they, they just knew my story of like, and I was big on like a uh, cancer-free lifestyle advocate. So, the, I think there was another article like or two that I actually wrote for them about how to live a cancer-free lifestyle. Is that one in there? Yeah. Um, and so I think because I was such a big advocate and like loud about this stuff at the time with my Facebook, it just, like I said, I think Jody, I really just enjoyed my story and, and saw that like, maybe we should highlight this chick. And mm-hmm. he gave me, I don't know, that was a surprise that they put me in there. And that was a huge honor, but I was leading their, um, their warmups at the time at the race. They used to, they used to have Spartan coaches lead a warm up and yeah, that was cool. The mic and that was fun. And uh, also, next article, Conquering Life's Biggest Obstacle, Coach Casey's Noble Mission. That was about Delilah, actually, because I went up, I trained her online, and mm-hmm. then I went to New York to actually meet her in person for the first time and do the Tuxedo Spartan in 2014. And so they were aware of this, and they followed us with cameras, and it was so nice. Tuxedo's a place in New York, right? That's the mountain? Yes. Yeah, okay. Ski Ridge. was awesome. Yeah. And then also Spartan Up for a Cancer-Free Lifestyle. It's yeah. another article they yeah. featured you That's in. Just, well, let me say real quick. That is about, like, I mean, I'm so aware of it now, and I, maybe I don't advocate stuff enough as I should, and, you know, Pinktober reminds me of that, but, you know, pay attention to what you put on your body, even. Like, people are so quick to use all these chemicals all the time and never question their serious long-term effects, you know? So I should find that article and share it. Like lotions and whatnot? or Anything. Yeah. Anything. Chemicals you use to clean Shampoo, your house. Yeah. Like, and even, like, dogs stepping on the bleach that you use and licking their paws. Like, there's everything has a trickle effect. You know, yep. and so who knows what long term exposure to any of this crap that we put on ourselves in our bot in our bodies like, you know, we eat very clean because not because of. Yeah. Yeah. Sports performance. Um, um, but also because cancer free lifestyle. I don't know. I would much rather eat uh, a bunch of peanut butter that's high in fat that's natural versus something that's like fat free ice cream, because what the hell are those ingredients in there? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think enough people look to bother. Like, if orange juice doesn't just say oranges and maybe absorbic acid, okay, what the hell is in there then, you know? Yeah. Pay attention, especially what you give your kids, because that's, maybe that's where all these other diseases come from as well. You know, everything's so freaking... That's why you got to drink a kombucha. Ugh, I want one right now. Do you want one? Go get it. I just had one. Yeah, we get, we get these new kombucha. Well, not new. They've probably been around for a little bit, but I love the GT's brand, and that's my favorite. But we get these ones from Costco, the Kirkland brand. Not bad. No, but you guys know whoever shops at Costco, Costco's the, Costco's the shit. Costco is the shit. And these are organic. And honestly, what, kombucha is usually like two ninety nine a bottle. This was like $9 for six or eight. $3.29, I believe, for the GTs in the store. It's like $3.29 a bottle. Yeah, but what, these, what is this, an eight pack? we get an eight-pack of these. They're good. But I love the GTs because it has the chlorella and uh, spirulina. And it has a bunch of other ground yeah. up green. But it's the green those, one. Tastes yeah, like but I have those green nasty. powders that we put in. No, the- no, no. I know, but when I'm at work, oh, gotcha. on shift, I always get a kombucha. I feel like that's what keeps me not I mean, getting. I mean, you're s- probably right because you didn't get sick in the house. I, we had severe ear infections and respiratory infections in my house two weeks well, ago. No, and then Marco had something else than I did. He was more snotty, and you didn't. You didn't get either one. I didn't of these get things. anything, and I drink a kombucha every day, just and, about every I day. Mean, we weren't. <laughs> staying away from each other no i know <laughs> but mark but you guys got jacked up they were both on antibiotics like last resort antibiotics <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> I was wicked. yeah i know 
they both got really sick and they were both on antibiotics and that was the reason why Casey couldn't come up to Kissimmee and um for the Spartan race. Womp, womp. Yeah, womp womp. But let me tell you something about that when I went up there. Yes. You already know the story because you were I was talking to you on the phone when I this all when this all went down. Well it's I'm sure people want to hear it because it's funny. Kind of. So I booked I came back from work that day. Was it fr- Friday? Friday morning I got back? Oh, is, is this story's about me? No, it's not about you. Okay. It's about going to Kissimmee. Gotcha. So I've heard the story. I came back and we're, part of heard it. it. You're part of it. That's what, okay. <laughs> so I don't know what story you're going to say. So we're talking. I, we were undecided whether I was going to go or not because I was going to stay with you. Remember? Yeah. With you and Marcos. I felt yeah, bad. We you guys were sick. My, my extended family. No, I know, but I was undecided. Oh, you mean stay here with us. Yeah. Stay here with you guys yeah, because sorry. you guys were sick. I was fine. And I was, I was, we were trying to figure out what I was going to do. And we didn't, and then like last, not really last minute, but it was like a game time decision. You're like, I think you should go. We need to have a coach there representing us. And I said, you're right. Let me book a place. So I go online and I book a, um, a super eight and yeah, it was about a mile away from the, from the event. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm good. However shitty it is, I'm going to stay there. I don't care. It's like 70 bucks. I'm like, I'm just going to stay. I'll, I'll gut it out for the night. And uh, I booked it. So then we end up, uh, I'm driving up there. It's fine. I had a great drive, got there. And I was like, oh, man, this place is, it was garbage. It was a shithole. Well, it was super eight. What did you expect? I, listen, so I go in there. Remember, I told you I, I already got sheets already, you don't want to put your. I know. Ugh. I was already, there was already like three crackheads outside walking around all skinny and frail. Looked like they were going to get blown away from a little breeze that we had up there. And so I walk inside, and the lady says that I can't. She goes, okay, not I can't. Here we go. Like, okay, I'm, I'm here to uh, to book my, not book my room. I'm here to, what, the, what, what am I looking for? Your, I don't know why you're talking about canceling a reservation for a hotel. It's not a fun story. It is a fun story because I'll tell you why. I wasn't canceling it. I went in there to go to my room. I was like, here, okay, I'm here. I, I, got a, I booked a room. I want to go to my room, whatever. I can't find the words. So <laughs> people know me. They, they, it gets funny when, I'm, when I act stupid. So the lady says, okay, I need your ID and I need your, your credit card. So I go, okay, I give him a credit card. It has your name on it. No, I can't do this. This isn't you. And I go, this is my wife. It's okay. She's like, no, I can't. I was like, really? So I, 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 can't, I can't stay in the room. I already paid for it. No, you didn't pay for it. But I, I remember I typed in all my stuff on the credit card at home. She's like, no, I'm sorry. I can't give you this room. And I said, okay. Well, I want to cancel it then. And she's like, I can't. You have to call the company that you booked it through because I did book it through another company that was on the Spartan website because they recommended the hotels. They had a list of them. And so I did it. I booked it. Or not, I didn't I didn't book it, but I tried to cancel. And then I sent them an email and I said, I got to cancel it. I called you. Why are you making this face? It's just a silly story. People know. like it when I talk to myself. Okay. You, it's just so mundane. <laughs> I don't understand the point of it. You're this. not even <laughs> because it we were talking. Me. We were talking about Spartan Kissimmee. Listen, you. I thought you were going to talk about like the people and the actual race, not about you having a hard time getting a hotel. Anyway, lo- okay, you know what? Just for her, we'll make it a long story short. That I ended up not staying there, and I found another hotel eight miles away that wasn't even the right one that I wanted to stay at, and it wasn't even much better than the Crackhead Super Eight. You happy? It's done. Because a lady wanted to get your wanted me to email her Casey's ID, You're so that Casey gave that. me permission oh, to pay for this. There, no, I didn't want to stay there. 
It was freaking garbage. And I and then I, you know when I left, I'm like I'm thinking to myself, I'm like. I'm a, I'm a fucking little snob that I can't stay in this place. What? I told you when you said Super 8, I was like, that's gross. But I was like, and you you're know. like, oh, I don't care. And I was like, well, bring sheets. <laughs> I didn't bring care. sheets. No, in that, that situation, now I've realized that I'm not staying. Yeah, well, I'm not yeah. staying. Ugh, I'm not doing that I, I get the skeevies, like, thinking about it. Yeah, I get the skeevies. That's a thing, right? Yeah. So now moving on. So the Kissimmee race, it was great. We had a great time. And that was your first uh, obstacle race in two years since I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited. I'm going to do the Beast in December. Skeevies is a word. A feeling of nausea or fear. Oh, that's that's that sounds like a great combination, staying in a shitty motel. Yeah. Skeevies. Yeah, so I was like 100% on point. You were. That was good. <laughs> so another thing I wanted to talk about, the Hurricane Heat 12, Hurricane Heat 12 Hour, Class 001, the dawn of a new kind of pain. So Casey was the first was part of the first class like obviously 001 they did an article about it for the no, hurricane No I actually that's that's the that's a that's something I wrote up like Oh as, they asked you to do it. Well no they didn't even ask me to. I I actually I think I posted it. Okay. You know and then like the guys were so uh like like yeah this is great can we put it in our thing. So they kind of like took my uh, I guess it's like a blog then at that point. Okay. You know? Yeah. They took that and they, they added it to, to get the, the news out about their Hurricane Heat tw uh, 12 hour. Because I was, it was the first one. It was in Vegas. It was interesting, to say the least. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty miserable. I feel like a lot of times they just, and that's where, um, and this is, now you guys know, when I say Hurricane Heat, it means random bullshit. Because that's what I think that they do. I think they do a lot of random fucking bullshit. They don't know what to do with you and fill up that time. So they just, like, <laughs> throw these awkward challenges at you. I mean, and one of them is I did have to do the entire Vegas Super with a tire on me. Yeah. So that was, that was a, like, you know, that took up some time. And you did this for, this was for 12 hours. Yeah, they just like kind of mind fuck you is yeah. what it is. And then they teamwork you and then like they do challenges. But like if you if if you're like the first of the pack, you actually come out short because like they, I remember they made us run out to the middle of the desert until you find the tires. So we were running. We don't know where we're running. Yeah. And then we found the tires and, you know, I get one and I run back and I'm like, you know, thinking, oh, good. I made it back in time. I'm not going to get the punishment. The The people coming back slower well the people that were slower got baby tires they were like hidden under the big tires oh so i guess they figured like they wouldn't be a strong caring because then that was your buddy for the whole thing uh -huh. the rest of the 12 hours so well with that race you also qualified for the death race correct yeah which i would never do <laughs> but i'm saying i don't like being called <laughs> so for the death yeah the death race is a whole other animal but none of us have done and i don't think we would ever do because i think i don't even know is it still really around it's yeah it is now. it is no it is it and the thing is you qualify for it. I thought that was really cool and you being in the first class 001 of the 12 hour and that you volunteered for it or they asked you and then you did it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and no, that's a big, exactly. That's they, a pivotal um, point. Yeah, that was really cool. They asked me as a coach, hey, you want to come out here? And they, I'll be right back. They freaking got me out there. Wait, what do you want yeah, me to do? Keep talking. Tell them about the, the hurricane heat. They asked you. I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you about the hurricane heat in general. I didn't know if these 12-hour things were going to make it. I think they were trying to give, like, GORUCK a run for their money. But um, if you guys ever want to sign up, the three-hour ones are fun. And those are usually, like you know, before the race or after the race. And it's a lot of teamwork and it's, it's fun. It's definitely fun. Um, this experience was like, I didn't know what to expect because it was the first one ever. And they're like, I was the coach that was going to like test it and report back kind of. And 
there was about 30 of us that started, I believe, because anybody could sign up for it. 30 of us started. I think maybe 17 of us actually finished because the other thing was if you didn't finish the Spartan Super under like, I think three or three and a half hours, like I can't really remember how much time, but it was a certain amount of time that you had to finish the Spartan Super with, with this tire. And I mean, and if you, you know, like if you went over a wall, the tire had to go with you. And part of it, even like, you know, you guys know how busy the barbed wire crawl gets. We had to bring that tire through the barbed wire and it was just like trying to get it through all these people was like what was slowing us down but yeah like i think 17 of us actually fully completed and came home and champions of well, cool. 001 right on so now you were also on a big 105.9 miami's classic rock when it was paul and young ron yeah they did an interview with you yeah that was about the um being on ninja warrior you know like hometown girl on ninja warrior yeah that was cool and on channel seven you were on wsvn channel seven Yes, I think it was Deco Drive, or maybe it was no, it was a Style Files, um, uh, like segment, uh -huh. and it was when <laughs> Ninja Lounge first opened, and I, you know, I was so into this anything obstacles that I was the first one to approach Ninja Lounge, like, hey, can I lead a class here on yeah. the combined Spartan and Ninja? And there was no, there was no um, like weights or anything, but it would be obstacles and also and also like kind of incorporate the animal movement stuff. Yeah. And so, they did not. They they, so then, yeah, Channel Seven got wind of it. They they kind of did a highlight of it. That was cool. Yeah. And also, Sun Sentinel, Sun Spartan Sentinel. group exercise yeah. gaining steam in South Florida. Yeah, people just started hearing about Spartan stuff, and they they put me in there, which that was a surprise too. I don't even know. I don't remember how they. I don't know where that came from. No. You know what I mean? Like it just oh wow I'm in Sun Sentinel okay. Yeah. It wasn't like they asked me questions. Yeah. So now coming back. To um, because you did obviously you just did North American Championships, and that was so fun. And you got fourth place when you fourth place your, age group. Your goal was to get top twenty, top which 20. honestly I didn't know how um how aggressive that goal was because one everyone's like this is the hardest stage of obstacle racing and okay so you have to qualify and I, I qualified pretty easily so that wasn't the problem, but uh not knowing like the caliber of athletes that are going to be here i was intimidated and it was my first time going and it's it's at vermont so on a mountain and i was just super excited um and yeah. i i kind of started this goal board at atp because of my fear about sharing my goal yeah because i thought it's like a jinx i thought top 20 age group uh, yeah i could probably I, do that yeah. you know and then i and then like and then i got four so i blew my goal out of the water which you know it's like, I don't know, maybe I, I probably, I underestimate myself a lot. And I, I like downplay it. And you know I do. Yeah. You know that I'm like, always like, oh, I haven't worked out in like a couple of days. I've, I'm not fit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm a I'm not ready for this race, you know, or whatever. And then I, but like, I felt going into that. And I think we talk about this on the other podcast. It's all about Noram. Um, I felt like things just really aligned perfectly for me for that race. Not kissing me, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had the one that mattered the most to me. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about real quick is you, you just, you just reminded me of Casey's been sick the past like two weeks so she called herself a waif she's waif. like do I look like a waif yeah she, she kept asking me like I feel like a waif I'm like what is a freaking waif <laughs> so now she's looking it up I but tell me what you said a waif was I think a waif is just like a skinny bitch like you're not like <laughs> athletic you don't have muscle tone you're just a waif 
<laughs> so she's you calling know? herself a waif. So I, thought, I so, felt like very unfit, out of shape. Um, I looked it up. That's oh, the no, word. It is. A young person who is thin and looks unhealthy or uncared for. <laughs> so you're two for two on these stupid words. Wow. See, but uh, no, I knew I've heard that. Like they talk about like Hollywood waifs, like in tabloid <laughs> gossips or something. I know, like, you know. I don't know why I think waif is so funny. So you're a waif from now on. I'm just going to call you a waif. I'm not. So listen, Case, we're going to change gears a little bit because um, I want the people to know a little bit more about you and know what you're about and a little bit of your story. And it's a sensitive subject. Um, along, with, I mean, a lot of your stuff is pretty, it's pretty sensitive. I feel like I've always been pretty open about my story, though. Like, I mean, I guess it's another avenue to share, but I also feel like people that have known me for so long are like, oh, she's sharing her story again. You know, it's like, to me, I feel like I keep but a kind lot, of obnoxious a lot of a people don't know. Like, I, I think that. you're obnoxious, but a lot of people don't know. I don't, but a lot of people don't, don't know your story and they don't know. And it's a very, you know, it's Which a is strange to me. Cause like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't like, I try to almost remind myself and, and also maybe introduce it to people maybe once a year. Like I'll throw that one picture up there just to remind people, like everybody starts from a bad place. I mean, not necessarily, but like, yeah. you know, like I never had that weight loss. I mean, post baby maybe, but like that was that wasn't hard for me. That's not where I struggled, you know? And so I don't have that inspirational story. But then when I went through all this, like that is something people can relate to and know what it's like to start from the bottom, mm -hmm. you know? So maybe when, not when it comes to weight loss, but there's other aspects of like on a fitness journey and like getting to where you want to be. Yeah. But as far as the, the, uh, the fire goes, I wanted you to talk about that when you had the fire in your house when you were younger. Can you talk about that? You want yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I was I was 21. Um, it was just an accident. My, you know, something happened, and I woke up, and there was flames coming out of the bathroom and coming from downstairs. And I don't know. It's like it was like four in the morning. So my immediate reaction was, I, I guess, the right one. I'm not really even sure. I went and I got. I knew to get like a big trash can to fill it up with water. So I, I go. I ran downstairs. And then I go into the bathroom to fill it up under the tub, but I didn't realize the curtains were on fire. So mm. they were like kind of spraying me on my arms. And so I was like, fuck this. And I go and, and then I see my brother coming with his mattress. So I guess his, it, it was like his mattress that started uh -huh. on fire first. And then the pillow he threw into the bathtub. Oh. Then he threw the mattress down the stairs and it, it like kind of just started, it hit an oil painting. It just like started this like black cloud. And it's like, you don't think that, you feel wow. like you kind of have to keep fighting it. It, like you're delirious yeah and, like you don't realize how quick that that stuff gets out of hand and that's why like i think it's ironic almost that i married a firefighter because it is my biggest fear i mean it would like that because then once you're out and then you see the firefighters come whatever wasn't smoked up or literally melting or you know just burned then they come through and they smash everything to make sure it's out you know yeah and uh i don't know it's just it's it's a very that was a long time ago though that was like 15 years ago so yeah but how would you say that affected you honestly Ooh. uh well at first it was pretty bad yeah. because you know we we had to get split up me and my mom and my brother lived together and you know my dad my brother went to live with my dad i went to go live with a girlfriend my mom went to go live with somebody else so we were all like kind of staying on other people's couches if you will and you know as a girl like you you don't have anything so like hair and makeup things so I remember my dad gave me money and I just went and bought all that stuff and stayed with my friend. And then I tried to salvage some clothes and like going through your stuff to see what you can salvage. is just so depressing because, mm -hmm. you know, baby photos are things that are irreplaceable. So uh, people gave me clothes, which was awesome. 
and you just realize like you don't really need things you know yeah and i say that every year like christmas like we don't need stuff you always say that yeah yeah like and you think i always want to get rid of stuff too <laughs> that's why i'm quick to donate <laughs> i was gonna say Here, take this. you think that affected you as far as like making you want to be very charitable and be giving you think that had anything to do with it i mean or not really or i, I don't know you don't know i don't know i mean i was maybe yeah i guess you don't know i mean I, I didn't know I've if it was direct. Really direct I, I mean, I've never directed it towards helping people. That's what I mean. That cause or like that they lost their stuff in the home. But like, I mean, whenever you hear that somebody lost stuff in a fire, I mean, I just know there's so it's so multifaceted with the amount of like pain and grief that it can cause. Because even if you made it out, like, I mean, we lost a cat. We lost all our stuff. Yeah. You know, we were we were displaced for six months. Um, it's just it's a lot. And then you you but oh. This is how it changed me, though. I found Taoism, which, you know, in high school, like Buddhist monks used to come to Piper yeah. and uh, they build a sand mandala just to show like peace. And, you know, they don't speak. And they would. And then I remember the second year they came, I I was the one to like greet them and I, like and like, you know, give the the main guy coming to represent um, like like this flower or whatever. Uh -huh. And I mean, it was so long ago. I was like 17. And I don't know. I just really I've always been into Buddhism. And then. Taoism, though, is a form of Buddhism where it's like, it's called the way. It, it literally means the way. So, and one of the things that got me through that, and this is where I got really into like just spirituality because I wasn't raised anyway, um, where total destruction just means a new beginning, you know? Mm. And so sometimes like if something's like really hard, yes, I mean, um, goals take work, you know? But when there's things in life that you feel like you're kind of just hitting your head against the table, and yeah. it's not going anywhere. Sometimes you just got to like, you know, go with the flow or like let things roll off your back. And like it kind of just creates this this way that I, w I wish I could be all the time. I'm not. I'm yeah. guilty of anxiety and things like that as well. But I think I think a lot of women are. Yeah, a lot of men are, too. I, I know we've I mean, talked about it before. People are just in general have a lot of anxiety. I mean, I think women are more prone to it. That's just my maybe thought. Maybe women are my just experience. more vocal about it, or maybe men express it in different ways. Because you think don't so. ever share with me like that you're worried or anything like that. Because you don't seem like you never. I I envy you in that way because you don't seem bothered by anything ever. No, I get bothered. I do. I mean, you can. I don't you can, show you can, it. You could say like something, yeah, but in terms of like, oh man, this person like cut us off or something like that. But I just mean like, like you know how I think anxiety is like creating your own like. You know, yeah. its own stirrup in yourself. Like, yes, you have a lot of things to do, um, but it's your own mind letting it kind of seem out of a hand. Yeah, sometimes it's so, true. Um, you you're good about controlling that. Where I can spiral sometimes into like <laughs> I feel like out of control. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Maybe it's also because those female hormones come into play sometimes or something. It's so true. Like post postpartum, I think. Uh, maybe I had an issue with that. Like, not that I had postpartum depression. I definitely didn't. It was more like. But that's you can't like say trying to learn to deal with everything. Isn't you know? that isn't that a that's form? Life. Isn't yeah. that a form of postpartum well, I think depression? They're trying to change because when I think postpartum depression is when people assume like, oh, you you didn't they don't want love your the baby. baby. You wanted to hurt your baby. But that's not true. No, no, no. I think I, they're trying to change the term into um, postpartum. I can't remember that. Uh, like mood effectiveness or something like that yeah it, where it it like how can it not you one over one you're sleep deprived that that's is the, the that's the first thing ever i remember once that's i the started first. sleeping solid and we i mean we didn't want marco to cry it out but like 
I think it took like eight months until we finally did. It was and then bad. Once I, I didn't realize how affected I was by not having sleep in my life. Oh man. I, I was more irritable. I was just, un, I was unhappy. Like I had everything I wanted, but it was like harder to be happy because I was so mentally drained because I had, and I felt like an airhead too. Because yeah. Sleep, <laughs> not you, when you don't have sleep. It does a lot of weird things to you, man. Oh yeah. It was bad. It affected us bad. And so the next I, one. Oh Lord. But like you said, I mean, if I'm not pregnant, I'm not announcing that. But like, like you said, it's, it's a that's a big factor and i don't think they play that yeah that factor and i think um and i and but also not only that but also like you know your hormones i i listened to this one podcast actually where they were saying and this is where i got that term from they were saying that um the whole thing is like a woman's pregnant and it's like oh, look at her she's pregnant especially for your first time right yeah and like wow oh my god let me take care of you let me take care of you and like even you're you were great like you'd rub my feet and stuff and all that you know yeah i love your little hold feet the doors for you more often and it's it just everybody's so much nicer to you when you were pregnant and it's true yeah and then the baby comes and nobody cares about you in a sense okay and now it's all about the baby all your energy is about the baby because you're be, you're a mom for the first time and i think that's the thing is i think it's the first time that's probably the hardest because yeah. You don't know what to expect. You don't know how it's going to change you and how your whole entire life's going to be affected. Where, mm -hmm. as before, maybe if I wasn't feeling good about myself that day, I could go for a run and be like, "Oh, I'm fine." What was I thinking? Yeah. And then, but when you have a baby, you don't. You can't just leave the baby and go for a run, you know, or do something necessarily that's going to help you. And I felt like, like it's it's almost like as a parent, you have to learn who you are. Yeah. And um and how you can juggle everything i feel like i finally got the balance right like almost like a year and a half into it but there was the gym at the same time as well and it was a lot yeah, of we, stuff for us we we bought a house we, we we bought it we opened up a gym we got married you were pregnant opened up a gym two weeks later and we got married got yeah. pregnant like three months later yeah and then got yeah the, got the house, the house and the gym and and then, did you ever say no, gym? bought the house and then a year before our year anniversary at the gym it was one year anniversary right after our wedding it was all the same year. Well, because, okay, so we got married on July 17th? 16th. July 16th. Jeez, sorry. 2017. It's on my hand, and I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, July 16, 2016. So it's like... 2016? Yeah. And Marco was born the 7th, 2017. He was born on the 17th, but yeah. he's July 27th. And then the gym opened August 1st, so it's yes. like a lot at once. Yeah. A lot of anniversaries. And also, we left that crappy apartment too that was that another. was not a crappy apartment i don't know what you're talking about the whole the situation okay, was okay well no we had an issue but it was a great apartment like it was beautiful but the people the, the neighbors sucked the people sucked the okay, whole that's your opinion they all sucked they let the dog shit everywhere they didn't clean it up it was disgusting okay. left the trash yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. don't get me going well, that was your first you time living in like a complex situation right? um no i lived in a complex before i lived in boynton all right whatever. over there was a mess not in Boynton. Over here. Boynton was a mess. Don't get me started. All I'm right. done. Okay. I'm done. This is about you. This isn't about me. Except for when it involves a Super 8 hotel. The Super 8 hotel. <laughs> that, that was in relation to the Kissimmee Sprint that that you were direct, not directly, but indirectly involved in. Well, prepping people for it. Yeah. But I also wanted to talk about the... Um, what was it? You're good on time. Don't worry. We're oh. good. The Kissimmee, uh... Oh, wait. Tadpoles just sent us... We get these updates from our kids' school. Oh, Marco's in school right now. So we get... They send us a picture, like, towards the end of the day. Oh, he's man. He's doing craft things. Yeah, he just got a haircut. He no, looks he's awesome. Probably, he's probably up from his nap now. See, that's why I was looking Talking at the to the mic. Talking to the mic. we got to pick him up. Yeah, we got to go get him soon. 
So, Case, what do you got coming up? Um, well, uh, sorry, I was trying to look on the, on the camera. What do we got coming up? School. What do you got um, coming up? Well, I had to take her phone away, guys. Up. I just took her phone out of her hands, but go ahead. Pinktober's coming up. Yay. That's always fun. I, I don't know. I just, you know, I just love, I love that change in the air even. It's the last semester, if you will, of the year. Yeah. You know, like that, that last quarter. Last of quarter. Like October, November, December. The air just feels different. I love that. And then we got the fall race schedule is packed. Um, and I'm really excited to have you back into racing. I'm really excited for everybody that just went to Kissimmee. And, like, I never left racing. I just did different racing. No, I meant you. I mean, you were ultra running. Mm -hmm. So having you back in the OCR game where you see we have such a presence at these races. It's so fun to be a part of our team. Yeah. And we almost had biggest team again. We I think. So did I talk fun. about that? Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, yeah, we do. It's a great time. And I encourage everybody to come out. And, and if you've never done it before. Just train with us. Come out and do it. You guys will have a freaking blast. You'll make some make some good friends. Uh, so what do you got coming up? Because I know what you got coming up, but I want to see if you remember. Huh? Aren't you teaching a class soon? Oh, uh, Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going. Um, so as a Spartan Master Coach, I get to teach obstacle specialists. And it's really nice because they fly me out um, to different locations like you know, it's been nice. I love it. That's one of the favorite my favorite things. You about love to teach. I love teaching, of course, what I do. Um, it's just such a different level. One, we're outside, and my whole – I think I talk loud enough. You don't have no, to I just want you to – I got to tell her. <laughs> I don't <laughs> got the best best mic yet. It's just like right in my eyes. That's why I'm backing up. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's a great mic. It's just uh, I'm trying to look at you and not at the mic. It's okay. So – <laughs> no, so it's nice because, you know, we're outside and that's where my career started really is like gaining momentum was doing Spartan training outside, but we get yeah. to use their course the day before the race. And obviously if they fly me out and put me up to teach on a Friday, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do the race on Saturday, you know? So that's nice. So it's just kind of in and out, but you know, I make good money doing it and it's so much fun. And it, it honestly, and not that, it, and I'm not saying that for lack of a better word, it breaks up m the monotony. Not that I find myself monot monotonous in my life at all. Yeah, you um, do. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's it's gym, home, baby, gym, home, baby. Like, it's nice to, like, have this um, this extra thing where I get to go do something really fun and make good money doing it. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. And you like leaving Marco and I at home. Oh, alone. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm no, just I kidding. I missed his birthday, and I felt really bad about that, but I was in Asheville. No, but we sell. Don't say, like, you missed his birthday. No, we, I know. We, we celebrated his birthday. Yeah. But you, just, you know, moms. Moms know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, it was all right. I'm, we went out. We had pizza without you. I would have cried. Why? Cried? What do you mean? I you don't know. Just looking at him, like, when he wakes up as a two-year-old. Like, that's what, like, you know, even though I was home that night, it was like. Yeah, it's okay. Anyways. So you got, and you're going to, and how's your, well, you haven't really been training much for this race. This in, no, in I kind of slacked off a little bit. Well, you got sick. From ever since Noram, which was like a month and a half ago. It was the beginning of August. It's mid-September right now. So I slacked off a little bit, got got more involved with my wine for a time because I missed that chick. But now we have to part ways again <laughs> so that I can focus on my training. Yeah. Well, when is it? Two weeks? Uh, yes. That race is in about two weeks. So that's exciting. And it's. What were you going to say? Nothing. Oh, okay. Because you pointed at me. No, I just thought you were going to bring up a story I didn't want you to bring up. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to bring it up. Come on. I want to, but I'm not going to. I can't embarrass you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, as far as that goes, as far as you with 
with pivotal events that happened in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of that other things. That was a lot. I mean, I feel like we did everything. We covered a lot of good stuff. I mean, I even covered about like the mom stuff, and I don't. I think when we did this dry run, it was longer, and we didn't uh, we didn't hit that, which is, you know, important to all those girls out there that are about to become moms. Yeah, absolutely, and also so many people don't tell you. I swear, like no I, one told us we weren't going to sleep. I don't know why. I mean, I I've heard that, of course, but I mean, I feel like people don't really prepare you on how hard it is and how much adjustment it is. Because one, you're also learning each other, like as parents. Like you're learning who you are. I'm learning who I am. We're learning who each other are. Because maybe we don't agree on every single thing oh, about yeah. our parenting. You know? Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the only time you and I disagree. I was gonna say, and I think that we've only started fighting ever since we had Marco. <laughs> we love you, baby. <laughs> Not Marco's fault. No. By any means, but us just being like, but, why are you doing like, like this? Yeah, Luigi wanted me to put it, cut his food smaller. Or yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's the more like kind of overbearing one in a sense. I'm more relaxed in a sense. Okay. You want to say relaxed or you want to say like oblivious? Oblivious? That's not nice. (laughs) I'm I'm Marco's number one all the time. So I know that I've done a good job. He's a great little boy. No, you're not. You're not. You're not doing. You're doing a great job. I was going to say you're not oblivious. I miss him. We got to go get him from school. Leave him alone. He wants to stay. Yeah, they're on the playground right now. So what... What else do you have to say about atomic training and performance? Do we have any things coming up as far as... I mean, we got our ninja competition coming up in November. It's our fourth annual, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth annual uh, National Ninja League competition. You can qualify and go to world championships and be with all these people that you see on the show. Oh, heard, did, did you hear you know, it? I didn't see it, but I heard it. He, Drew yeah, he got the... He Good won. for him, man. He's awesome. I saw a clip, and I was wondering, did, did he wear jeans? Was he wearing jeans? He probably he always wears like that those. That bothers jeans. me. But they're not jeans. Does he always wear jeans. They're not jeans. They're like these flex. It's a flexible material. Good. So I just I just felt like a guy a like that kind of like salt in the wound or yeah, it's like you know, if hair you fuckers. Like, I did it in jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty sure they're like they're they're a very flexible type of athletic. Not, I'm not gonna say athletic jeans, but they're flexible material. Whatever. I'm sure that's just how. Whatever. The guy's ridiculous. He deserves it. Yeah. All those guys are good. Million dollars. Was it a million? He won a million. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We should so, make it more. I, Maybe not. I, I mean, I just feel like, you know, like uh, Mario, for instance. Yeah. You won 10 grand in like five minutes of work where these guys are doing. That's not five minutes of work. What? That was a lot more work well, It was a mile. Five I'm minutes. sorry. It was a mile. No, no, no. But leading up to it, you know how TV goes. He was running at three o'clock in the morning. He had to wait. Hurry up and wait. But that bullshit. Ninjas go through so much more to get through so many stages and yet it's only a million dollars, you know, like. Yeah, but Matt, those people don't even see that money. And we only. I mean, these mi- guys work freaking year round the clock just to be on this show. But those guys get sponsored, too. I'm not saying they make money. It's not Do a lucrative. Get sponsored? I don't. I guess so. Yeah. Very few. Everyone's sponsored by something. Yeah, now but very. Huh? But to make a living, to make a living is a different story. I don't you could be sponsored, but making a living is different. Like a I guy know. like like Dreschel. I know he has his own gyms. Yeah, yeah. People like he, people wear his clothing too. I'm sure that's gonna take. But off. that's gonna that Real that's a different thing. But to get there, the guy did a lot. I mean. Yeah, yeah. He's got his own gym, and remember, he actually was the one that organized the the National Ninja League uh, World Finals last year. He was the one who designed yeah. the course and all that. Yeah. And people gave him shit because they heard him say stuff on open mic. But that guy. I didn't know that. I mean, that's a stressful event. You know. Oh. I mean. Give the guy a pass right. on he whatever he said. He probably just wants said. to be competing and not really running it. Yeah, I could imagine. But good for him. That's redemption then. 
you know, because the community did kind of turn on him for like a moment, for like yeah, a minute. Yeah. The community had like a backlash at him for that event. But that was not his fault. In my opinion, I think there's it's an organization and a league. The league has a board and the board should have oversaw everything. And they they even threw him under the bus. And I didn't think that was right. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs that's of it. Not, I only go by right. what what I what I heard. Sorry. But uh, you should compete at our competition. No, in no, absolutely. It's a great um, NNL. No, but now they fixed the me? issue, though. That's the thing. Is yeah. They learned. It was just there was no seating. So now they're going to be in an auditorium where there's actual a bleacher seating. But that's why. A little why. bit more family friendly. Um, so you have, like, everybody going at the same time. And you kind of walk around and, like, see different aspects of it. But and it's more organized. And so they learn from this. That's why they're a great organization because they learn from mistakes. Just like everybody. If you don't learn from mistakes, you still do the same but crap. I will Come say on. it's much better that they're sending athletes to – North Carolina in February versus Hartford, Connecticut, that was like freezing in the snow. Like I wouldn't want to go to Hartford, Connecticut. What's this? What is this? Talk? That's where the World Finals were last year. What are you talking about? For the what? National Ninja League. It wasn't outside. No, but I mean, so like, what the hell? It's February. freezing. They're inside. Well, that's why I think people like Don't to give come me down. that. No, but that's why we get people. All these people from out of town coming to qualify at ours. Because it's right after Thanksgiving or around the Oh, because they can enjoy the beach. And then they can come make a vacation out of it. Exactly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're Sorry. saying. No, no, I got you. Because you're telling me about Cole. Who cares? It's inside. It's not like it makes a difference. You know, I, you know what I really want to do? Another Atomic Wars. We haven't done it. We, we skipped Atomic Wars this year. Good. We should. Why? Just because it needs to, it needs to simmer a little bit. Oh, like not push it down. Yeah, stores. it needs to simmer. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. I think people miss it. I miss it, and now I feel like I want to. I want to do one in January. It's I due. I think I want to do it in it's January. It's due. It's gonna happen. It is. The thing is, you guys got to realize it is hard uh, having so many balls in the air in terms of like keeping track of all the events and then the promotions that go along with that and making sure that people are aware of everything. Because if you're not aware, how can you sign up? So it's like it's a lot of moving parts. So to go from having one event to another is hard. So close to each other. But I think Atomic Wars gives more people at our gym a chance to train for something with meaning over the holidays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because over the holidays, most people tend to lose it. So why not have that January deadline of, like, kicking off the OCR season again? And in case you guys don't know, Casey's in charge of all of our advertising and social media, all that stuff. So she's constantly going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I take time. And sometimes she sleeps. I take time. I put my phone away when it counts. Yeah, you sometimes. Know, family time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I think we're good. I think we're good. Are you satisfied? Yeah, it's on. It's 3 o'clock, and I'm ready to go. Yep. Got to get ready for work and get the kid from school. Right on. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Atomic Training and Performance. For all of your sports performance and obstacle training needs in Fort Lauderdale. And we're closing it out with the heart and soul of atomic training and performance. Coach Casey. Rotundi. Rotundi, that's right. Thank you guys for listening. I had a blast. And we're going to close it out with some music. Thank you guys. I will talk to you soon. Take care.